To the Catholic Nerds Podcast, Earth's Mightiest Heroes of Quality Catholic Nerdery. <laughs> <laughs> this <laughs> this is Scott. This is Colby. Mary. And Cody. And tonight we are going through Avengers Endgame in serious, serious depth. <laughs> so serious, we took a whole month to ruminate and to come back to it. Two months. <laughs> two months. Yeah, two months. It's yeah. been a while. Yeah. Dang it. But we're reviewing our pages of notes. Yeah. We've power-upped in the meantime, so that's good. <laughs> <laughs> Scrolling power down to my up. notes. Um, so y'all want to just jump right into it? Um, into the in-game review? What are y'all's yeah. first, uh, first, first thoughts? First impressions. Which cannot be anything having to do yet with Steve Rogers and the plot hole. Or no. not plot hole. Right. <laughs> Multiple holes. Um, question. Go ahead. Perf- perforations. Uh, our, our, my first reaction was that I was extremely pleased with it. Like, it was so entertaining and, and felt like some, a lot of closure and, you know, at the same time crying, you know, repeatedly and stuff. And then, I know we said we're not going to mention it, but within, like, 20 minutes... <laughs> we're sitting in the car and we're like but wait what <laughs> wait you know so so very i don't know it's like five stars but <laughs> also we have questions <laughs> about you know did they just not plan on resolving these that different still questions technically or? have not been answered even after viewing spider-man yeah but spider-man's all. a different it's part of the thing, but it's not part of the thing, you know. Right. So. Right. But it, it just it, it none of the questions have been answered yet. And to cue up my dear Mister Fantasy music video, because that's how the uh, if y'all notice, that's the the first song in the that you hear when uh, Hawkeye is talking to Junior Hawkeye, Little, Little Miss Hawkeye. <laughs> that's the music that played. Okay, I had that in my notes. In, that, in the beginning. That, this is this the music that played as the Marvel logo, and it was so unsettling. Yeah, yeah. It, it felt so out of place. This is true. That's, yeah. Because it wasn't now, like epic superhero music. And if you listen to it, I don't know if I'll be able to cue you in right, but there's a, lots of phrases in this song that uh, make sense in in-game context. Make it snappy. Did you just hear it? Oh, Make it snappy. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Damn. Wow. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good stuff in that song for it to be playing right when uh, Hawkeye's daughter dusts. Mm. Yeah. I did that Not it's showing that Hawkeye has passed on or is passing on his ability to his daughter because in the comics that actually does happen with at least one of his daughters. Um, 
but unfortunately the series that I read it wasn't that daughter it was a different daughter with another one anyways yeah. well <laughs> and and he's and that's the only time I think well maybe not the only time but one of the only times that Hawkeye the name Hawkeye is actually used he calls her hey you know he says like good shot Hawkeye yeah mm-hmm. oh. so there's definitely a, no uh uh-uh. uh I don't I know if never, but they... A couple of times, but they yeah. mostly refer to him as Clint. Yeah, Barton. it's... Yeah. Yeah, because, I mean, it's like... They don't refer... They would call her Natasha. They don't call her Black Widow, you know? Right, right, right. Because they're buds. Yeah. yeah. But she's been referred to as Black Widow before in, mm-hmm. in the series. I don't... I don't know in the movies that she has. Yeah, yeah I mean, it yeah, just... Yeah. It, just... It, but it, like... Their proper names are just rarely used. Right. Yeah. They're they're so now I'm gonna they're have to go and watch names. the movies just to see if they call them Hawkeye and Black Widow. I'm sure we could Google it, babe. Yeah. <laughs> we already just, watched all the movies. And again. Scarlet Witch. Oh my gosh. Yeah. When is when that's hardly ever used. And then you have the hair color issue with okay, the Scarlet Witch is a blonde, but then Black her. Widow doesn't have black hair, she's blonde. Her but actual then name she, is Scarlet. <laughs> yeah, Johansson. So <laughs> yeah, uh, too much meta. Issues. So confusing. Yeah. So terrible movie. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so, yeah. My initial reaction to the movie was it was very, um, very well done. It brought a very good uh, full circle ending mm-hmm. that I thought was fantastic. Like it just kind of wrapped up this first decade of Avengers movie. And it wrapped it up really well in my mind. So mm-hmm. I'm excited. Yeah, I mean, it, it future, literally, it literally went time. through mm-hmm. all the the pa- the past movies, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You see, if uh, we're gonna have to talk literally about went through the problem great. really soon, because through, anything yeah. anything we talk about, I'm gonna be like, yeah, but the problem. Okay. <laughs> well, let's just. Well, let's let's, let's hear their their opinions yeah you're right okay i'll just be sitting here (laughs) (laughs) containing myself (laughs) so colby what were your thoughts uh so i thoroughly enjoyed it i think there was the elements done very well with comedy but also Uh seriousness and gravity of what they were trying to do i mean it was a little disconcerting that they just went like straight from like Oh my gosh, like time travel was a possibility to like, okay, we can do it. At whim. <laughs> but uh no, I definitely walked away feeling like, all right, like I'm okay with this series ending the way it did. Like cuz a lot mm-hmm. of times you'll have stories that it ends and everybody's all in an uproar like, oh my gosh, they could have did this or they should have did that. Right. But I think for the most part, the general consensus has been like yeah, like they did that pretty well, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I definitely cried. Uh-huh. Even though you saw it coming, I know. Right? From a mile away. Yeah, <gasps> but uh, it's just it was very moving, and I think a lot of people, you know, were all caught up that it was like, oh my gosh, they made it all about Iron Man. But I don't think they. I mean, they did, but they didn't. It yeah. still was, you know, kind of wholesome. And that yeah. feels like it fits with the comics because there was really no other Iron Man. Like, other people sometimes wore the armor, uh, but there was no, like, you know, there's no, like, Robin that eventually becomes Nightwing or whatever. Right. God bless you. 
then oh gosh, sorry. god good god man and then even <laughs> after that very moving scene like they did have other you know movements toward giving some end points to other characters or beginning yeah. points mm-hmm. to new characters mm-hmm. so so not was, that oh, i'm sorry. sorry i found myself crying the next day which normally like i'll cry in a movie maybe cry a little bit on the way home and the next day i was just randomly like tearing up and we didn't just lose characters we lost like almost every relationship like every romantic relationship in the story because natasha's gone mm. tony's gone vision didn't even mention his name in the well that's, but you, that's one thing i'm upset about you did see yeah that is it's like admiral akbar dying off screen but yeah you did see the original jarvis when they went back in yes. time which, to which i was you see i <laughs> If they had given Vision some cameo of some sort, I would have been pleased with that. I really wish they would have had that actor play the Jarvis flashback. Yeah, I know, yeah, I know that would cool. I know he's the Jarvis from from um, Agent Carter. Agent Carter, exactly. And that's that's cool. and apparently that's the first um, Marvel Cinematic TV Cinematic Universe actor yeah. crossover to the fi- to the film from universe. TV to yeah. the movie. Uh, right. Yeah, that's true. And now, before, but in case people are confused, we're talking about when they go back to... Um, the 70s. Yeah, the sure. 70s to the base where Professor Pym... Professor Pym. And um, Tony Stark's dad, Howard Stark, are are both there. Howard Stark drives up Peggy's his chauffeur. Yeah, Peggy Carter's there. And mm-hmm. when uh, Stark drives up, his chauffeur is Jarvis, who, which was the... That was... The, the original Jarvis. Right, the, the original Jarvis that Tony Jarvis. later named his butler, you know, AI software after. Yeah. But I was just upset that the actor, who I feel like I should know his name because I've seen him in a lot of stuff, but yeah. that the actor who played Vision didn't get a cameo in any of the time travel. He There could have even been a picture of him. Yeah, just they on the wall. They could have said his name. The guy says, I wish I, I could know if she, Natalie, Natalie, Natasha, yeah. sorry, Natasha. knew that we won and she says she knows they both do both that's all he got was the word yeah. both right. yeah anyway. wow well and then it could have even been referring to quicksilver but we probably we could yeah it's probably vision. Vision. but i have a hope that he's coming back because they had mapped out his entire brain yeah, during yeah. infinity war they would still have his robot body which i'm not sure exactly of the premise of wandavision but i'm expecting is, that he's going to be coming back is that like wonka vision <laughs> it's it's WandaVision. It's a new TV series that's coming on the Disney app nice. about Wanda and Vision. Wow! But I don't know how they're. So that's probably doing. that's they're probably just trying to leverage our want Anger. for him to be mentioned. Yeah, into a show. <laughs> yeah, and then they're also going to do a um, Captain Falcon. Well, I'm sorry, Falcon. Okay. And um, Bucky. Bucky series. And they've got the. Uh, they kept talking about Budapest. Um, uh, Black Widow and Hawkeye, uh, mm-hmm. you know, kept referring back to oh, this. It's nothing like Budapest. It reminds me of Budapest, you know. Um, so they're expecting the new Black Widow movie to cover some of that, right? And um, Nick Fury and Captain Marvel says that he's always he seems to always be in battles in places that start with a B. So. That's what's leading people to think that Nick Fury is going to be part of that movie too. Mm. Which have y'all have y'all seen the new Spider-Man movie? 
Okay. Dun, dun, dun. We'll well, wait. <laughs> we'll, we'll withhold, but there's some interesting Nick Fury <laughs> yeah. speculation going oh, on. It's okay. fun. Cool. It's really fun. So, so, speaking of characters that cannot come back, right? Oh. It looks like Tony is gone um, mm-hmm. with Natasha sacrificing herself, right, with Hawkeye. I thought it was really interesting how Red Skull introduces people. Or remember how Red Skull said to so this is Red Skull on Vormir, um, that you know leads so and them. So son of so and so. Right. Yeah. So he says to Thanos, Thanos son of Alars, Natasha son of Ivan. Like when Ho- Natasha and Hawkeye come, and Hawkeye, or he says to Hawkeye, Clint son of Edith. Which is interesting because he always refers to the father, except with Hawkeye. Now, the, the comic backstory on that is that Clint's dad was abusive, so that he claims more of, you know, that his mother maybe was more of an influence on him, and so maybe Red Skull's referring to those people that really influenced them, or, you know, which is... Interesting. Except, but, Star- except Black Widow says she didn't even know who her father was. Right. And he referred right. to her father. Right. What but the connection I wanna make is to the Proto Evangelium. Um, Genesis three hundred fifteen, uh, where they say that's it contains the prophecy of the virgin birth because it says um, it refers to the Messiah as the seed of the woman. All our heroes are messianic, but but um that it's a prophecy of the virgin birth because anytime you say seed of somebody in the Bible, it's always seed of man. Right. And so by saying seed of woman, it it implies that there is no seed of man, that it's going to be a virgin birth. So I don't think they're making that connection, but that's I just you know always want to yeah, give a always want to give yeah. a plug to the blessed mother, you know, whenever possible. <laughs> right. but, uh, it, and it is interesting that Clint is the kind of character, like, he doesn't technically have any kind of superpowers. Yeah. He's just really good at aiming things. Right? And and He's the fact skills. is, is is that he makes everyone else better. Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, like Tony Stark? I mean, uh, like Steve like Rogers. Steve Rogers. He called everyone to be better than they were. I think that's pretty interesting, and that's like, uh, like when he was questioning his contribution to the team at some point. You know, it's like you make everyone better, you make everyone stronger. So, I think that's pretty neat. Okay, so Mary, let's get to the problem. Okay, so the problem. They laid out a theory of time travel, in which right, I'm, I'm need the, a couple minutes for this. This is this is the ancient one, right? Well, well, several things. Banner said to somebody, I think Rhodey, because Rhodey said, like, why don't we go back and kill Thanos before when he was a baby? And Banner responds with disgust, which also seemed kind of like a pro-life moment. Like, no, we don't go back and kill people before they've made all the, you know, before they've done anything. Irony. Yeah. <laughs> we don't kill babies. Oh, boy, super pro um, Yeah, that's such I a know. good point. Such a good point. But, uh, but he... Banner says to Rhodey, like, we cannot go back and change the past. The past is the past. Anything we go back and do, like, if I were to go back and, and, I don't know, attend my first birthday party, it isn't that I went and changed it. It's that little did I know I was at my first birthday party back then. You know, they lay out this theory, not as a theory, just as how it is, 
that you can't change the past. It's that anything we go back and do already had happened. We just have been oblivious to the fact that it happened. So they can't go back and undo the first snap. They can't go back and kill Thanos before he did what he did. It's impossible. Because I, love if, all, if, I love all the references to Back to the Future, by the way. Right. You know, like, don't don't uh, bet on sports games in the future like Biff Tanner. Right. Yeah, don't meet fine. your Don't meet your past your mom. self. Yeah. yeah, which that part seemed like a good idea to not meet your past self, but whatever. Yeah, but, Steve so didn't they, pay attention. All right, so they, they lay out this whole theory, and they kind of reinforce it several times that they, they can't change the past. Um. And then, of course, the Ancient One also says the thing about, like, if you take the time stones from my time, from from time, from this point in time, you're going to cause problems. And Banner's solution, which, you know, I don't need to say it, but is we'll come back and put them right back where they were, you know? Yeah. And then at the end of the movie, they send Captain America back and they're like, you have to put them right where they were or everything will get messed up. And he says, don't worry, I'm going to trim all the branches. But we have a problem, which is that either Tony Stark killed Thanos and all of his minions before they ever had done the first snap that say would be the, say that say it one more time either when tony did the second snap or i guess it's the third snap rather cuz it's like a macarena right <laughs> so there's the first snap that that or i guess maybe it's the fourth snap really thanos snapped and dusted everyone then i guess thanos snapped again and dusted the stones oh. then they bring the stones from the past Banner snaps, brings everyone back. Then Tony snaps. And all of Thanos and all of his minions turn to dust. And the problem with that is then he's not in the past to do what he did through all of these different movies. So either there's two timelines, which seems like it would completely defeat you're, the entire... You're saying that, that um, Thanos being snapped would erase him from... Well, he came from the past. He came from 2014. He came from 2014. Oh. So yeah. he wouldn't still be in 2014 Ooh. through 2019. Oh, so, total mind blow. So right. this is what we were sitting in the car 20 minutes later being like, what the heck? Like, those movies either didn't happen or there's two timelines now. But the problem with that is that then where are they going to put the stones back right. to? What, like, that timeline still is missing half of everyone. Like, there's... That would leave so many problems. So my first thought is that they were introducing the multiverse. Yeah. But uh, a friend of ours... I'm sorry, go ahead. Um, which they actually referenced the multiverse at the beginning of the movie. Um, did you notice... This is a deep cut, but did you notice the number of the unit and uh, the, the storage facility of uh, Hank Pym's uh, van... No. Or at, uh, not Pym, but uh, Ant-Man's van. No. Which, how did it get in a storage facility? Just parenthetical thought. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Put it there. And why is Ken Yong or whatever uh, the, <laughs> the security, security guard? guard? That's another great <laughs> Who's guy. reading a sci-fi book by ba- by this guy named Ballard, one of the stories within which is Endgame. But anyway, um, the number of the unit was 616, which is... Basically, in the Marvel Universe, Earth Prime, it's the the and enter and Spider Enter the Spider Verse is the 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 Earth that the original Peter Parker comes from. So that's like that's like basically Earth Prime, and just a little theological note there um, in Revelation, 
You know, because typically you have 666 being the number of the beast or just the number 6 being uh, the number of the beast because the beasts were created on the sixth day. That's, mm-hmm. But uh, usually the, the mark of the beast for the Antichrist is 666, but in Revelation it actually says uh, 616 at one point. That's Revelation 13, 18. So that's kind of weird. Not really sure why they yeah. would pick that number. That seems oddly specific. But um, but yeah. So they do oh, reference absolutely. the multiverse, and and that's probably that's probably just an Easter egg for a lot of uh, of the comic book fans. Yeah, you yeah. know, because I I don't think they want to dive into the multiverse just yet. Except well, but they did Spider Man into yeah. the multiverse. Yeah, right. Because they because they did Spider Man into the multiverse, but then immediately with Spider Man, they jump back out of the multiverse. And maybe there's a spoiler we could Oops. give. <laughs> you just did. I did. Is that in, in the newest Spider-Man, it turns out that that it's not a multiverse story. Sorry. Spoiler. <laughs> oh, good lord. <laughs> snip, snap, snap, snip. <laughs> Office references. And in-game uh, reference. Yeah. Well, so, snap. <laughs> so, so basically, just the problem is that that... Okay, so a friend of ours... When I said to her how I was so bothered by this, the her name's Kelly. Shout out to Kelly. Um, Colby knows Kelly. Uh, she said, "Well, obviously, I disagree with her that this is obvious, but I, I think this would make things more coherent." But she said, "Well, obviously, Tony just made it look like a dusting, but in reality, he wiped their memories and sent them back in time to where they came from, so that they could go on to do all the things that they did, like the first snap." Oh. Well, that's so th- handy. That would be handy. I don't think it's obvious. That's what I hope they're eventually going to be like, oh, yeah, that's what happened. And that he made it look like they were being dusted just sort of to torture them. Yeah. You know? Like, that's the last thing Thanos sees before his memory gets wiped is himself being dusted. Well, and that's part of the that's part of the issue is what the Ancient One says is that if the Infinity Stones are destroyed... It's going to wreak havoc on the universe's timeline and the the fabric of the of reality itself, uh, indicating that that was the original purpose of the Infinity Stones. They were like to kind of to maintain reality, maintain reality from the beginning yeah. of the universe. Yeah, which we read an article, or Cody read an article, that the the only reason the universe is still going on, even though. Thanos destroyed the stones is because they still exist, just not in a usable, not in a way that yeah. can be abused. Because she said if they cease to Did exist. Did we lose Colby? Yeah, yeah, he's he's gone for been gone for a little bit. He's trying to get back on. So basically, with her statement of if they're the taken timeline. out of the timeline, basically that the world would cease to exist because they are keeping yeah. things moving. Mm-hmm. I don't think she said cease to exist. I think she said it would cause chaos. Or it just yeah, I was thinking something like unravel reality. So when we look at Thanos and he says he destroyed them, what actually probably happened is that he um, broke them down to uh, an atomized yeah yeah <laughs> uh, component state yeah, yeah to where they they Which, were no longer a, a succinct whole, but that they were just part of the universe now. Which just a side note, the fact that Thanos claimed. He claimed that he had this one interest, which was like the self-interest of the universe, 
where he's destroying half of all living things, regardless of if they're endangered species or anything like that. And yet, when he does it himself, he destroys the things that are needed to do it. The population's going to grow again. Yeah, yeah. So he betrayed the fact, just like a lot of other organizations that claim to have, like, you know, these, these noble interests and, like, health and, you know reproductive choice and then they betray their true motivations you know Mm -hmm. when when the rubber meets the road he kind of betrayed the fact that it seems like this was all about pride this was all about that this was the mission that he had cut out for himself because he went and destroyed the thing that future generations would need to do the very thing that he thinks will be necessary again in a few centuries it's gonna have to be cold every now and then because at one point the population was the same size or the same size that it was after the snap and when they jump five years into the future, um, Cap talks about whales returning to Hudson Bay. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, so in this bleak, terrible future reality where the population crisis has been solved. Um, Quote, unquote, population crisis. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, it's the environment is starting to heal and climate change, you know, such as it is, is being reversed. But it's still... Um, it's still like a, a um, what's the opposite of a utopia? This it's still a dystopic. Dystopia. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, all the stuff that all these people left behind, mm-hmm. like when when you're looking at the roads and it looks like New Orleans after Katrina, like with all this all this debris and abandoned cars and you know, like that right. that to suddenly lose half the population, kind of brings about its own chaos you know its own its own disaster and especially in the fact that thanos allowed everyone to and he he kind of hits on this point in endgame he talks about that everyone remembered still they remembered those lost and so that caused this huge kind of wave of depression right and so no one really wanted to progress anymore they didn't want to move so he's gonna just destroy everybody so speaking of that depression, that grief support group that right after Cap talks about the whales, they're in that grief support group. There's a lot of cool cameos that happen. Yeah, one there. of the directors. Yeah, who's yeah Joe Russo. Yeah, the first openly gay character in the entire MCU is a co-director cameo, and he's talking about how depressed he is. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's yeah, I don't know. That's uh, they were testing the waters. And uh, Jim Starlin was the leader of the yeah. uh, grief support group. Which and Jim Starlin is the main guy that writes the Thanos series. Exactly, and he's the co-creator of Thanos himself. Yeah, he's. I love his work. Like I've pulled most of the uh, the Thanos series from the library, and I'm just reading them all. They're, yeah, and if you look at the top, I'm like a big fan of Jim Starlin of yeah. the Infinity Gauntlet or any of those comic books. If you look at the top, you'll see Starlin right at the top. Well, and as far as the the whales thing too, that, that Natasha. So, so who are two of the most pro-choice actors in Hollywood? Yeah, yeah. Get and rid of them. In the MCU <laughs> is is uh, I can't think of his name. The Ruffalo. I know Ruffalo. it's Mark, Mark. Mark Ruffalo, um, and Scarlett Johansson. And yet they both had this kind of I thought sort of pro-life moment. The thing where he's like, "Oh no, we don't go back and kill babies. That's terrible." And she, when when Captain America walks in, is like, I saw some whales. And she's like, if you're going to say that we should look on the bright side, I'm going to throw a bottle at you, I think. <laughs> so the fact that she's like... I think she said sandwich, but... Okay, fine, a sandwich. <laughs> oh, yeah, which, which, was cut, which was cut diagonally, remember? 
which is uh, so who knows what she could do with them. Well, no, no, because Thomas, uh, Scott's going with the diagonal. Yeah, thing. remember with Nick Fury when he's like, "There's only like three things I hate in this world," and, you know, one of them's like sandwiches cut diagonally or something. <laughs> <laughs> I so, don't remember that. But that's that's in Cap. That's in Captain Marvel. It, uh, so maybe she learned to cut her sandwiches diagonally to um, annoy Nick Fury. Yeah, defend herself or annoy Nick Fury. I want to talk for a second. Am I interrupting another train of thought? Uh, just, just that that it was good that she was like, "Yes, we have more whales, but we still want our people back." Continue. Yeah, babies are important. That was it. <laughs> uh, I want to talk for a second about the gamma radiation emitted. So, uh, rocket raccoon talks uh you know in hologram form is talking to diagonal diagonally cut sandwich natasha and <laughs> uh he's talking about he talks about they discovered that when thanos used the infinity stones it created an unprecedented energy en- energy surge yes you know across the entire universe yeah so maybe this is how we finally get x-men mutations across the universe and we finally have the x-men brought into the mcu that's an interesting theory um because scarlet witch who by the way another yeah magneto's daughter not in this universe they were modified their parents Uh, died in an explosion explosion from a stark bomb and they were modified uh, by hydra and what's the name of this the, from Age of Ultron. I don't yeah, know. Yeah. Genovia or something. Is that the Princess Diary? <laughs> yeah, that's the Princess Diary. Um, shoot, what is the name of it? Now it's going to drive me insane. Sokovia. Sokovia, that's good, it. Good. Sorry. I also want to talk about how the gamma radiation, right, is what created Hulk. Right. And, mm-hmm. and yeah. Hulk, you know, there's that whole back and forth about who's the strongest Avenger. In, in uh, what? Which one was that? Was that Ragnarok? Ragnarok. And Ragnarok, yeah. yeah. And and Thor he tries to say, um, you know, which, strongest adventure. Yeah, and and then and then Hulk comes in, puts his hand, and it's like, oh, here, here you go, or strongest adventure. <laughs> right. And uh, so, and then, but who ends up wearing the Infinity Gauntlet? Is Hulk has to wear it. Yeah. Uh, big, and it should, and it. In a certain sense, it does go to the strongest, um, but at least the strongest in this sense because he is created by gamma radiation, and it's gamma radiation that the Infinity Stones emit when used. So it's almost as though this is deterministic. This is this was Hulk's destiny all along. Like the universe created him to be able to it's like I was wield made for this. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And another note. Which is interesting, another theological note, sort of theological, is that, remember, did you notice what hand Thanos' gauntlet was worn on? His left hand. His left hand. And Tony Stark, for the Avengers, made a gauntlet that's to be worn on the right hand. Right hand, yeah. So, you know, left hand for side sinister is supposed to be the evil side. Right hand supposed to be the right the right side. And so it's just, it's interesting that they made that little... Uh, that change, you know, between yeah. the right and left hand with the yeah. with the gauntlets. No, that yeah. is interesting. I, I wouldn't would not have realized that until you pointed it out. Uh, now, really, now let's squeeze out all these juices. But I want to get to uh, Thanos in his garden. I thought that was. Just well, really, I thought I wa- that was interesting too. I, I wanted to mention real quick, kind of while we were on the topic of wearing the glove, um, we noticed. 
Thanos's reaction to adding the stones over time is it looks like he's in pain. It looked like pain to Thanos. It looked like it was pain for Hulk. Like it was extreme pain for Hulk, right? But when Tony puts it on, you like on his face, like you can see, like he's he's containing it all within himself, which which is incredible. Like I'm, I'm talking about the strength of Iron Man right now, the strength of Tony Stark. I'm sorry, not even Iron Man, but the strength of Tony Stark, um, because his. <sighs> Remember, remember when the Hulk. Guardians of the Galaxy all had to join hands and kumbaya right, right. to for wield the stone. For just that one was stone. the power right. stone. Yep. Yeah. But Thanos and Hulk are not used to feeling pain, right? They don't feel pain a whole lot. It's not something they're used to. Their sensitivity is so their sensitivity low. is really low. So they feel this pain and they're like, "Oh my gosh, this hurts." But when Tony puts on the glove and, and takes all the stones into himself. He is used to this pain, like it's something he's been feeling for years. Oh, like, I see what you're saying. Because you of, see what I'm, you see where I'm going? Yeah, because of the arc reactor and stuff. Because of the arc yeah. reactor, because of the loss of his friends, the loss of his his family members, like constant all this stress. constant stress and <laughs> struggle and strife. Like Tony is constantly in pain, and so when it comes to him, it's like. Oh. Hello, darkness, mild friend. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> that was beautiful. No, exactly. Like, it's like, here it is. I'm he's, used to this. I know what this is. And he's joined with the pain of Robert Downey Jr. from the 80s when he went on his cocaine binge and disappeared for a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, saw, I saw a thing saying how, how Robert Downey Jr. is concerned um, uh, that... That, that that this role will define him, and I was like, I feel like uh, more. What? To- I feel like more Tony Stark is going to be defined now by Robert Downey. Yeah, Jr. Yeah, absolutely. Like, Robert like Downey he made Jr. The part himself. There is basically. no part that contain him. It's like Johnny Depp saying, "Oh, I'm worried I'm going to be known as Willy Wonka for the rest of my life." That's or you know, Pi- right. Captain Jack Sparrow or something. Right, right. It's like no, Captain Jack Sparrow will always be you. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> that role. You know what I'm saying? Like, like the role has... You made it so fantastic that now, you know, it's not that you can't go do something else, but we're always going to be... We're always going to think of you. <laughs> when we when we think of that role, we'll think of you. Not that when we think of you, we'll think of that role, necessarily. But anyway. Oh, and I was going to say, a minute ago we were talking about Scarlet Witch. No one's talking about the fact that there's literally only one person, and it wasn't Captain Marvel who really gave Thanos a run for his money to the point that he told his ships to start shooting at his own troops. And that's Scarlet Witch. Well, Captain Marvel, too. She was able to hold him off, but she wasn't able to do him any damage. She was killing. Uh, yeah, Whereas Scarlet, Scarlet Witch, Scarlet Witch, was, Scarlet killing Witch was killing him to the point that he said, like, start shooting at us. And start shooting at everyone. Ship. Destroy everyone. And so they started raining fire, and, and Doctor Strange had to make, like, a magic umbrella that everyone and could everyone stand under. And everyone else made the umbrella. umbrella like, all know. the lords. What, what right. Are the Lord, time lords are leaping. <laughs> lords are leaping. Lords <laughs> the time lords. So Look, just, yeah. we're, we're being all like feminist with Captain Marvel, and I'm like, she? Like, she's cool and all, you know? Kind of a bit of a jerk. But Scarlet Witch, like, actually caused Thanos to, like, basically. Pain. She, he was just, scared. I like how the men are being very Christ like, right? They're all taking turns uh, being the willing sacrifice. <laughs> 
right mm-hmm. you know to giving up their lives for the others while the women the strength and the power like like mary you know it was her yes that that crushed the skull of the serpent you know yeah what did you think of the scene where of the f- captain feminist. marvel got the glove uh and had to deliver it to the van where all the other female characters are with her you know like don't worry she's not alone and they're all running through oh yeah yeah what um, did you thoughts? think I I didn't really. I just thought it was a girl power scene, you know, like yeah, (laughs) Shira, Shira. My my reaction was how. I'm gonna let Mary talk about this one. Yeah, it's probably (laughs) probably for the best. How is this feminist? First of all, that women, we stop fighting the raging battle that's going on where every hand is needed on deck to band together and do you know a little promo shot, you know, for women. Like they were all fighting. And then suddenly they don't have to be fighting. They can be with her. And it just felt very forced and contrived to me. And also the fact that the whole idea of Captain Marvel is that she's supposed to be able to hold her own. So why does she need all the women? Needed, like, an escort? It would make sense for it to be whoever's closest. Whoever's nearest to her position. (laughs) Part of what's so incredible about Marvel movies is they make these incredibly fantastical sort of ridiculous things feel believable. Yeah. And to me, this was like, well, suddenly I feel like I'm watching a movie. You know, yeah. this feels and, fake. And, and what what really annoys me about... I love the character of Captain Marvel in the comics. She's funny. She's, she's very quick-witted, right? She's hilarious. I love her character in the comics. But in the movie, I'm just not so excited about her because she's the very cocky. Like she's very full of herself. Like she, I'm she the has most a very, she's yeah. very subdued kind of. Yeah, and, droll. And that's just not, I'm too. I'm that's too not cool. Carol Danvers. Yeah. Like Carol Danvers is funny, down to earth, humble, and I just I love her in the comics. In the movies, I'm just not a fan. I thought something that was uh, very subtle. Uh, y'all there? We're here. Okay. I turned off the sound so Cody could get up, oh, but okay. apparently that wasn't so subtle. I think you turned off reality. Did you have an <laughs> infinity stone over there? I removed the sound stone from, <laughs> from the time. Oh, I, one thing that I thought was really subtle um, and nice, and you, I didn't catch it until um, New Rockstar's video showed it to me, was um, when they put their hands all in the center, you know, with their red gloves and their new, like, time travel suits. Yeah. You know, and that image that it makes with all their hands in the center um, is Tony's original arc stone. Uh, or, I mean, arc, not arc stone, arc, arc, reactor. Uh, arc reactor. Which is, is interesting because it's foreshadowing when his arc reactor is on his coffin at the end. Um, which that was really artfully done, I thought, not, you know, forced girl power time. <laughs> no, that was. That was lovely. It's interesting in that funeral scene, like, when we saw it the second time, we're like, it's really obvious that all the attendees at the funeral are are not actually together, that they've been green screened. Oh. And, and the fact that they didn't want to let any of the actors know who had died. You yeah, know? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, they didn't want them to be able to look around and figure out who was missing. So they they must have shot them, like, in little groups. It's like how... Uh, together. 
it's like how only Luke Skywalker, only Mark Hamill was told that Darth right. Vader was his father, and everyone else, even because you know James Earl Jones's voice where he says, "No, I am your father." Um, that the David Prowse, the guy who um, was Darth Vader, you know, who was the body of Darth Vader, says another line. He says, "No." Obi-Wan killed your father. And that's what everybody on set, except for the director, thought was going to the movie, except for Mark Hamill. Uh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> and so that's, that's crazy. Yeah. It was big well, I mean, surprise. I'm, I'm assuming James Earl Jones as well. Yeah, yeah. He knew, and he was like, wait, what is happening? <laughs> <laughs> Spot on impersonation. Yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm impressed, Scott. I'm impressed. <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> I... Uh, <laughs> Oh, actually, did get to meet James Earl Jones. Cool what? story. And that's why you sound so much like him. Yeah, you know, um, he taught me how to do this. Uh, <laughs> so, well, this you'll understand why I don't know what he sounds like. Um, he was <laughs> he was uh, speaking at uh, Texas A and M with uh, I don't, somebody else too. You did. And, you mentioned it. He mentioned uh, Texas A and M. Yep. Oh, there it is. There it was. <laughs> <laughs> and. Uh, he, he had already gotten back on his, like, bus, you know, that they were going to take him back to the hotel or whatever so that the thronging crowds couldn't um, attack him. <laughs> um, Those obnoxious groupies. Yeah. And, and Scott oh. just ended up on the same bus. <laughs> oh, hey. What are you doing here, Jimmy? <laughs> Have you I'm seen Conan? you staring at him like Sheldon Cooper so, Have you seen that episode? No, he's like, he finds him. He's just staring at him. He's like, "Let me guess, you like Star Wars?" <laughs> he's just awkwardly smiling and nodding. Anyway, oh, so I find out which window is his on the bus, and I tap, 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 cavity, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I mouth to him, "Can I have your autograph?" And then <laughs> he mouths back to me, "I'm stuck on this bus." <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, what do we do? <laughs> and, and he's, uh, and I'm like, and I like, wait a second. I hold up a finger. Wait a second. I'm gonna go to the front of the bus. And so, and he gives me a <laughs> thumbs up. <laughs> and uh, I go up to the. They have like, like a guard at the front of the bus. And I'm like, can you give this to Mr. Jones? And he's like, rah, rah, rah. and he walks it back to James Earl Jones and signs it. Walks back to me, and then I go back to James Earl Jones's window, and I'm like, thanks, you know, thumbs up. All right, like they like breathe on the window and sit, you know, make a heart kind of thing. Dumb and dumber, thumbs up. Yeah, everything but the last part is completely true and did. Oh, happen. I was really hoping that part. Was true. <laughs> the heart on the I, window. Yeah. I love you, Juan Juan. Yeah, from <laughs> from Harry Potter. That is, you see, I feel way better about how uncool I am around celebrities now. Oh yeah, you just I gotta think I'll be cool, just, just go for it. Yeah, you just gotta yeah. go for it. Just gotta yeah. fangirl as hard as you can. Own, own the idiocy. Colby. Hey. Named internet provider is the devil. Uh oh. That's on Earth. Anti promotion. That's Earth six one six. So, all right, Gardener Thanos, um, Victory Garden Thanos. Um, so it it's like a dark parody of God resting mm-hmm. on the seventh day after he's yeah. 
Oh, and and that's exactly what he says. San, Fan, Thanos says that he wants to quote finally rest and watch the sun rise on a grateful universe, yeah. which mm-hmm. not too grateful. Yeah. But uh, you know, God, you know, is also in a garden, um, and you know, resting on that that seventh day. Um, so I thought that was definitely. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Def- you just wonder, like, is this stuff intentional? I mean, it has to be. I mean, they have enough time writing these things that they have to find something, you know. Yeah. Right. And we, we talked about it before, how, like, every great story pulls some of its base from the Bible. Because yeah. it's the, great the greatest story, story ever told. told. Yeah. And because other literature pulled from the Bible before it. So even if they're pulling from that literature, they're still pulling. Well, and I, and I think they're exactly. just supernaturally... Um, this story has been imprinted on every human nature, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm, I'm really excited the way that they ended this, this. I keep wanting to say phase, because with, with the death of Stanley, yeah. and the last the cameo, this, yeah, the last cameo, the fact that this story is just, it's a story of our time, like. Yeah, it I mean, people grew. People grew up with not, this. Exactly, it's rare to find anyone that has not seen an Avengers movie if they're under, uh, if they're over the age of ten. Mm-hmm. Right. It was and like Star It was like the two uh, trilogies of Star Wars. Exactly. Like it. It. It has Almost helped define a culture. For better um, or for worse. For better right. or for worse. Absolutely, but it. It's. It's a. It's more of a cultural phenomenon than Pokemon Go. Oh, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) I like how they had the clear, just like in the comics, he's got his armor up as a scarecrow. Y'all saw that? Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. I thought that was cool. And then, um, which I think is one of the best puns to come out of this movie, Um, Josh Brolin, right, played Thanos. Mm Mm-hmm. Thor swoops in, cuts off Thanos' head, and Brolin's head is Brolin on the floor. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. How no. long did you... <laughs> He's been waiting the entire episode. Probably <laughs> got that written yeah. in caps in his notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, and highlighted in pink. Oh, no, uh, I can't claim that. That's uh, I. That's, I took that from like your rock I like how it was highlighted in pink yeah. and the noise that Thanos' head made. <laughs> oh, it's so good. Oh, my gosh. Except that he is purple. It's true. Mm. Yeah, but the noise was pink. All right, all right. <laughs> Serious question, though. So I think it's kind of ironic and insulting that, you know, he does his work, quote-unquote, and then he gets to go to this peaceful garden to rest. But I wonder if he ever actually considered the decay and, like, the downfall of all the places that he left. Because, like, it seems like he never stayed, you know, like, to witness his his good work. Oh, no, he would just he do it and then leave. And then... He'd move from place to place. Yeah, like, you see on Earth, like, the, the world is in shams. Like, everything's decaying and falling apart and... Right, which kind of speaks to that thing you had mentioned, I think, in another podcast of how, like, modern culture sees humans as, like, the greatest threat. Yeah. 
when in reality they're our greatest resource. Like when yeah, you take yeah. a bunch of them away, suddenly, now what? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, how do we deal with all this? All right. We we lose the viel zum Leben. That's a that's a. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Nobody knows what that means. That's but a, explain. That's it's uh, the will to live. It's a uh, Schopenhauer. Mm. But it's so fun to say viel zum Leben. Come Which on. don't they that talk sounds about? Sounds so angry. Doesn't Schopenhauer <laughs> come up in a beautiful mind? Speaking of a beautiful baby, I don't like know. They talk about that. Have to go and watch it again. Maybe I'm imagining things. They did. But, re- um, they did reference uh, a quantum physicist when Tony was talking about the like some Duke's postulate or something like that. Like the quantum, f- they brought in a quantum physicist as a um, resource, as an expert, and they mentioned his name in the movie. Gotcha. Oh, that's neat. You see, I only know enough about quantum physics to make conversation. Yeah. Oh, really? That's a joke from the movie. <laughs> no one... Scarlet Witch... I mean, not Scarlet Witch. That that was really the worst decision ever. Making Scarlett Johansson be the Black Widow. I know. Come on. With the red hair. <laughs> I will forever call her Scarlet Witch. But but going off of that, like, like kind of the, a pro-life aspect of the movie, um, the fact that there's so much devastation, all these empty cars all this stuff on the side of the road and just kind of thinking of what if what if we could snap and see all the things that all the children that never got to be born all the things that they would have owned all the things that they would have left behind if they got to be adults and then suddenly got vanished you know like like we're surrounded by like sort of ghosts of yeah of the stuff that <laughs> that they would have left behind right if they had been given the chance and the fact that the memorial that lang goes yeah. to look for i'm so glad his daughter's name are connecting that. yeah 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 that it says the vanished yeah. and it's like oh wow we have they have memories of these people yeah so so it it's it's devastating we don't have memories of the unborn but we would we yeah. you know if if in yeah. an alternate timeline where they got to live they would have Right. had experiences they would have had relationships we would have memories of them and we would be mourning them the same way they're quite literally the vanished and they're quite literally the vanished mm. you know and and just how do we have such a disconnect that that and and that's basically thanos's solution when he comes back he's like okay well y'all remember these people so now i'm gonna do it again but i'm just gonna kill everybody right so that nobody Start has, new. so that there's no one to remember anybody. Right. <laughs> he yeah. could have just as well said, "I'm gonna wipe y'all's memories of all the people you lost." And that's and that's because when you're when you have the will to kill, I mean, it's insatiable. It's always insatiable. Right. Yeah. Which is why, like, his logic doesn't really make a whole lot of sense. Now, granted, it does carry uh, a pro-choice logic out to its conclusion, um, but it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when when looking at kind of his whole attitude towards a lot of things but what does make sense is if he's just trying to impress mistress death yeah because if he's just trying to you know help the world out why not increase the resources guys do stupid things to impress girls Girls. (laughs) but that's a great point why not why not just double the resources he says like i'm doing this so people won't be miserable wait they're miserable okay i'll just kill them all And fix that. It doesn't make sense. <laughs> well, and and the paradox of like you know he's eliminating half the population so that they can better use their resources, but you can tell very easily that people can't even be good stewards of their resources because everything starts decaying and, and going to crap. Exactly. There's not but enough. The whales come back. There's 
there's not enough people to maintain what is there. Yeah, well, and there's so few people that they can just live off the cast-offs of the society that was, the civilization that was, mm-hmm. indefinitely. Which, which that's something... Can, can I give a, a tiny spoiler from Spider-Man? Sure. Can, Spider-Man. I, can I just introduce, can I just introduce a term? A term. Yes. Is the blip, which is what happened oh, when everyone came right. back. Oh. So basically that like, so everyone got dusted with Thanos' snap and then with Banner's snap, everyone all of a sudden, boom, was back where they <laughs> had been. So people had moved into people's empty houses and apartments and suddenly uh, there they are. Oh. So what about those people that were on airplanes that crashed? I mean, how'd that work out? <gasps> oh. <gasps> Ouch! Ouchies! Ouchies! Oh shoot! <laughs> hey, there's oh. no, there's no plane here anymore. Oh my gosh, that's a terrifying thought. Hey, one of the oh. um, names on the memorials, like mostly, uh, the, you know, all the names that are listed on the uh, memorials of the vanished. Um, uh-huh. Most, all of them were, uh, you know, were crew members or extras. Right, that's what I figured. But there was one, Roberto da Costa. Okay. I don't know. That's, I mean, that's super, um, that was obscure to me, but um, it's the first acknowledgement of the X-Men in the MCU. Okay, explain. Because that's the, that's the real name of Sunspot. Is it? Yeah. Who's, I mean, he's really a new mutant or on X-Force, but... Yeah, um, he's, he's like, years into X-Men. But he, um, I think he was in Days of Future Past, or one, you know, one of the... I think, yeah, I think he made an appearance, they, yeah. they mentioned him or something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah, yeah. So that was kind of, kind of cool. That's interesting. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, they're, they're gonna come. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, I'm 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 excited about it. They're gonna be there. I just don't know how they're gonna do it just yet. Uh, I like your idea of of uh, when he snapped. It kind of changed the world around them with the gamma radiation. Um, but then there's also the the concept of the multiverse um, that could still play out. If the mutants were all started then, I don't necessarily like that timeline. That I don't like it either. And well, that, that's, I mean, if you look at the timeline of X Men, that was like what in the forties, fifties, sixties. Like it's they were first. Yeah. Well, I mean, Xavier and Magneto. Magneto were you know concentration. Came, Magneto yeah, was in concentration. Right. Even older. Right, but like when the first X Men were formed, they were like in all these uh, uh, um, beat generation. Uh, speakeasies in Greenwich Village, you know, snapping t- to the poets and the, like, you know, kind of proto hippie culture. Hmm. Like Bob Dylan would have st- strolled up. <laughs> Not quite to the uh, Birkenstock stage yet. Hmm. I have a, I'm sorry, are y'all, are y'all, I, don't, I don't know anything about this, so I've just been chilling. <laughs> oh. I have a Christian. Parallel. That's probably that much better than what we're talking about. Not necessarily. No, I'm, I'm, I'm. Okay, so real quick before you jump on that, I'm just <sighs> really, really excited about the X Men becoming like coming into the MCU. I'm really excited because maybe about, they won't suck. Yeah, they don't. I, I kind of agree with you. <laughs> I love the X Men movies just because I love X Men, right? But they're really bad movies. They're poor movies. They're the really stories. Really well done. The stories and characters made even bad movies not you know. 
they, they were they, enjoyable. They're not, they're at not least. bad movies. They just but, don't have cohesiveness. Right, right. Which they're like I said, they're enjoyable. They're they're fun movies to watch in and of themselves. But if you try to watch them in an order, it's just kind of like, hmm. And the best one they've done, in my opinion, is uh, the 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 old man Logan, uh-huh. Logan movie. That one is phenomenal because they kind of threw everything out the window yeah. and just went back to the story. Right. Yeah. Right. And it was beautifully done. They didn't care about whatever it would get rated. They didn't care about uh, the the gore and the violence. They didn't care about a lot of the story that was from beforehand. They just went with Old Man Logan and made it a beautiful story. Right. It wasn't we, focused on the action or any of that. It was yeah. It was about him. Mm-hmm. And we owe a debt to those movies because if it if it weren't for those you know Jean Luc Picard Patrick Stewart, um, Amen. We would have never had the MCU. We would not have moved into it because it it created a cultural phenomenon where people were like, oh, I want more of this. Yeah. Even though it wasn't as as well done as the MCU has done. People wanted more because it was telling those stories that a lot of the guys in their 20s and 30s and 40s had read when they were younger. It's crazy to think that all our comic book movies before X-Men, more or less, were DC, were Superman mm-hmm. and Batman movies. Exactly. Exactly. And, and, and so to bring Marvel into the cinematic universe, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for X-Men. Boom. All right, Mary. Let's do the 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 greater debt of gratitude we have to uh, the Christianity. Yeah, it's a it's a minor thing. It's just that after, and I mean, this sort of happened in um, when, like, you could say the same thing of Thanos's thing, but when Natasha sacrifices herself, um, Clint wakes up kind of cruciform, like with his mm-hmm. arms extended, oh, nice. in a pool of water, and it kind of felt baptismal. kind of baptismal. Oh. Yeah. And the fact that um, that it came from a sacrifice, you know, like that the sort of the grace, if you could call it that, of I, I realize it's all very sick and messed up, the whole soul stone thing, but just yeah. the fact that that you know a sacrifice, a person sacrificed themselves really, and then you know here he is in this kind of baptismal setting. I I don't know why they did it. I was not expecting this sort of thing in our world at this time but they did lay on some very good christian elements um mm-hmm. and, yeah and very much a redemptive self-sacrificing uh plot line yep yeah no so i was i was looking over my notes again just now and i i realized there's two things that kind of support the theory that thanos was actually sent back in time with his minions uh-huh um which is number one just the very theory they had laid out of time travel where they said you can't change the past anything you do already did happen so that means that thanos back in 2014 left 2014 but then had to get back into it to do all that he did which would explain why his herald said it is written yeah like, that this is going to happen uh-huh. i forget what the herald's name is he called him squidward but, <laughs> yeah uh, um, yes yes that's it um but basically, like he was saying, like it is written, like this is going to happen. Right. Um, he just didn't know the uh, total outcome of it. But another thing that points, and so when we were thinking about, it, we're like Tony would have had to have done three things, four things, dusted them, mm-hmm. but not really killed them, sent them back in time, 
wiped their memories, and he would have had to have also resurrected anyone who died in the battle on their side, including Nebula and any other people, because otherwise they'd get back to the past and be like, where did Nebula go? <laughs> you know, like, why, why isn't she here? Um, the fact that Gamora is gone. You know, Chris Pratt was looking for her, yeah. but she didn't have her own spaceship. She didn't have, she didn't have a means of escape. So, I mean, she could have been dusted, but that would be pretty depressing if she just got dusted after all that, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so just the fact that she's missing, you know, she's not there. Chris Pratt's using some sort of tech to look for her, her signature. Which does a fantastic job of setting up Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Mm -hmm. Woo! You know, just that it seems like maybe there are some indications there. Up until now, I've kind of been feeling like that could be what happened. I hope that's what happened, but there's not really any evidence that, that that's what happened. Yeah. It seems like maybe there's two timelines, but I mean, and there's also the fact that Loki is now off with the mm -hmm. Tesseract, but I'm guessing, yeah. I'm guessing that that TV series they're making about him is going to have him do a bunch of stuff yeah. and then pop right back into the timeline right where he left. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and he's just be like, and stuff like that. Well, dang. Mm -hmm. I mean, Captain America whispered hail Hydra in the ears of those Hydra agents. So in winter soldier, were they thinking that he was a rogue Hydra agent? Cause you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if it's the same timeline, a, a, a year earlier, he had whispered Hail Hydra in their ear. Well, know? and and the, the when he and when Captain America fights Captain America, and he's got him in a, he's got him in the the neck lock, and he yeah. says, but he thought it was Loki. He did, yeah. Which is oh, and that explains why they put that mouthpiece on Loki in the original movie. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Because he's suddenly and wearing this mouthpiece, like why? Clearly, he was talking too much. But yeah, and, and yeah, on that's, the oh, that's right. Point, I didn't though, think about that. On the Mary's point of of the Hail Hydra thing, um, in Winter Soldier, like they would never have sent Bucky in his direction, right? They would never have instructed Bucky to kill Captain America. Why? Why do you say that? Because he was explain yourself. Uh, oh, you're saying the fact that they killed... You're saying the fact that Bucky shot... Fear, so basically, it's just interesting, because in Winter Soldier, if you if you watch it again, it's not out of the question that hi, the Hydra people thought Captain America yeah. actually was Hydra. Yeah. Mm -hmm. You know? Um, and then, so there's Loki disappearing. There's Captain America fighting Captain America, but he knocked himself out, or he thought he was Loki. So either he could have yeah. forgotten the whole thing, or thought that he was fighting Loki. He assumed he was Loki the whole time. Yeah. And there's Quill, Peter Quill being knocked out and then taking the, the power, power stone right? from the temple, which how do you know the temple's going to turn back on when it was sitting in a prison locker for a few hours in Guardians 1? Why didn't they go Why there? didn't they steal it <laughs> yeah. from there? Because you didn't get to see Quill without the soundtrack playing. Which and that just, was fantastic. Which him was just listening. <laughs> right. But if it's the same timeline, timeline does he just wake up and go on about his business and just forget that someone knocked him out you know um i don't there's so many different things it's like okay either there's two timelines or i guess they just forgot they they got knocked unconscious and forgot that this happened yep. and so now it makes me think it's kind of like the movie the sixth sense so yeah you watch the whole thing not knowing what's going on and then this one little secret reveals everything and then you go back and watch the movie a second time and, and you're it's like, a new movie. It's a completely different movie. <laughs> right, right. So now I like, want to go back and watch all those scenes and those old movies again and just kind of see if you can 
Yeah, it's all just a ploy to get us to buy the the new Blu-ray release. Dang it! With all the. do we know what the end credit scene is? The new end credit scene they put. There was none in Endgame. Well, yeah, there's, there's, there's a new. There's one. audio. There, there were two. There were there were two things. Well, you, you in, guys didn't see that the they they re-released it with an end scene. Yeah, they re-released uh, the ago. the film or the. They re-released the entire movie with a with different an end scene, end scene. in oh. theaters. Yes, in theaters, in theaters to right try to get Spider-Man. us all to go back. Oh, so wait, did the did the original one have a? Uh, it did. It was just a, an audio. It was a sound. Clip. Colby oh, said it. Yeah. yeah, Colby said it. It was the clip of uh, what sounded like it was kind of if you if you go back to the original Iron Man, it sounded like him hammering away at iron. Oh so yeah. So when he yeah, was yeah, when he was yeah. forging the first suit. Yeah. Yeah. Now I don't know if that's what they were trying to get at, but that's kind of what it sounded like. Yep. Hmm. Which or they really maybe, got me. Or maybe it was Peter Dinkle with the uh, the forge, the Star Forge. To it could be. They really got me with the little like kind of tribute to the original actors at the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I was already was crying really well to cry with their signatures. It was cute. Yeah. Yeah. Because mm, yeah. it's like this is the only thing it's that's the real end of an era. about all of this. Like in our world, is is the story. You know, like that it's an amazing story that they've told with with really talented people yeah. and. Like, like there's legitimate mourning almost. I'm tearing yeah. up. These I'm, I'm people did a phenomenal like, job what? of playing these yeah. characters. And there's like a legitimate mourning of them not playing these characters what? anymore. When you realize how much time passes by in these series. Mm-hmm. Actually, Val and I were talking about that the other day. About television series. Like, good TV series will run up to ten years. But mm-hmm. like, when you're watching them and you're keeping up with it, it doesn't seem like that. But then, you know, after it's been off for a while and you buy the dvd series you're like oh my gosh like this went for a long time and and you look at them from the very beginning like if you if you go back and watch iron man the original iron man movie you're like holy cow he got old yeah 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 right like he grew up like and we grew up with him understanding these stories more in depth (laughs) well just just, but we still grew up (laughs) i mean just think about how much is put on the shoulders of J.J. Abrams that mm-hmm. he's got to conclude a 42, 43, 44-year saga with the ninth Star Wars movie. I mean, imagine <laughs> what happens at the end of that one. Yeah, You, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not as excited for that as I was for Endgame. Because yeah. they started I'm, with... I'm still a, excited, don't get me wrong. But I'm just, I'm not... Because of the last few movie experiences i'm not i'm not having my heart set on it. yeah same i've said this uh, before but i'm not a neighborhood fan i i love star wars the, the the original trilogy was one of the best cinematic movies of all time right like it was fantastic the story is beautiful the story is amazing it, it, it draws you in it captures your your imagination but from then on, it was just kind of yeah, those, underwhelming. Those prequels were pretty tough. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and so for someone like me, who, like, I, I was born way after the original trilogy, right? I was born in 89. I was born the day after Return of the Jedi came out. <laughs> for another time. <laughs> for another time, right. So, like, 
I grew up watching these movies because my dad loved them, mm-hmm. right? He, yeah. They they recorded them, they, and everybody had a copy on VHS. Yeah, yeah. It, it was with, it was with eighties commercials like. Oh, we didn't have the commercials. Oh. We had the actual movie. Oh, no. Well, Come on. Well, yep. well, they fine. were <laughs> snazzy. We, like, we grew up on Star Wars, like, watching it once a week at least. Wow. Right? It, it was what we loved. And then these the, the, the first three came out, and it was just like, why? <laughs> <laughs> and then these next two came out, and it was like, okay, it's better than the first three, but... Rogue One, I thought. Yeah, Rogue, Rogue One, One was, was actually great. really well done. I I love Rogue One, but that's my contribution to this conversation. <laughs> like it, it, it was just very underwhelming. Like I'm using that word twice, but it, it, that's that's the best word I can think of at this time. Yeah, to to describe these movies, they were underwhelming. Oh. And Cody started saying how underwhelmed he was. And Colby said, "Yeah, I'm not a J.J. Abrams fan. I'm pretty sure I heard all the FBI agents that are assigned to surveil us all gasp. <gasps> they were like, "What? Good, take a deep but breath." J.J. <laughs> Abrams is a Stacy Abrams fan. That's why he's donating all his profits to uh, killing. I don't know what that is. Yeah, fantastic. See, yeah, I didn't is like that... him before that, so I just kind of solidified it. So, so two things. Two final thoughts, kind of one based off of that. None of this really matters. What really matters is who is going to pick up the Wolverine mantle. <laughs> That's what really matters because Jackman did a phenomenal job of portraying him. And 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 that's the thing. Like he portrayed him in the really like horribly done movies, and he portrayed him in the he phenomenal movies. All. He gave it his all. Mm-hmm. Like, it reminded me of um, what's the name of the actor? The British actor, he plays Alfred in the Batman movies. Okay, oh, Michael, Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Michael Caine. Yeah, okay. I love that. Caine. He's in the Muppet Christmas Carol, uh-huh. and he asked them, how do you want me to play this? And he, they said, play it like you're acting with the Royal Shakespeare Company. Play it serious as can be. And he did. And that's kind of how I felt about Hugh Jackman in The Wolverine. Yeah. No, he, he did a fantastic job. He was- but anyways, going back to the... Oh, God. <laughs> Second thing that I was gonna say. Cody, you're acting Sorry. as though I don't have pages. In oh. Continue. Okay, well, we're not on our final thoughts. My bad. No, what? do your final No, thing. no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay. <laughs> All I was gonna say was that, uh, okay, I was just gonna say really quickly the following 23 thoughts. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, when they go back to the 70s, number one, where'd they get those clothes that they have on? But maybe they had some tech that may allow them to, like, sort of, you know. And that's like the original and... Hydra logo and uh, all that kind of. It was cool. Yeah, yeah. But also, just something I noticed was that Tony, when he finishes talking to his dad and just all the healing that comes from that short conversation mm, yeah. with his dad. Mm-hmm. And there's some. It was a beautiful scene. There's some questions that have been raised about the fact that that pregnancy would not necessarily align with when Tony was born. So, does this indicate that he was adopted or, oh. or something? Oh, no. Pepper's his sister. Yeah. Dang it. Oh, God. No, no. no. <laughs> okay, fine. It was just something people brought up. Like, was that a miscarried people are pregnancy there or something? Is okay, another there's... sky. Whoa. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> the point the point I noticed was that he goes to give his dad a hug, and it's an incredibly awkward hug, mm-hmm. and it reminded me 
of Peter Parker hugging Iron Man and kind of highlights mm. the fact of these father oh, relationships. Yeah, yeah. And like, that's yeah. a cool, cool uh, connection. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. The power of awkward hugs, um, <laughs> which is good because <laughs> power, that, you know, gives my life meaning. Um, so anyway, someone else bring up something while I scan. Oh, I was just random thought. I was like, how could Banner have done this to himself while Natasha's still alive? Like they were. They had a thing, mm. and he went and turned himself into this permanent green guy. It seems like, so that was anyway. Yeah, the, the Professor Hulk, oh, yeah. the Professor Hulk thing does have a cool backstory. That does it? it would have been cool if they had gone into that a little bit more. Maybe not so yeah. much some of the other slower parts, but you know, what can you do? When uh, Pepper Potts says, "I'm just reading a book on composting." I immediately thought of you and Ashley. Yes. <laughs> we are going to have a Catholic homesteader uh, podcast before. We should. Too much. Th- we should. Or we, we should, should invite, invite the Catholic homesteaders. Yeah. There's yeah. a Catholic homesteading podcast. So we should invite them to come chat with us. But um, for those of you who don't know, Scott is a passionate uh, composter. And can I say? Can I say homesteader. what you do in restaurants? I would say he's a homesteader. Can I say that? Sure, yeah. Okay, Scott has been known to take leftovers off of other people's tables at restaurants so that he can compost. Well, it's not. No, it's not for. It's to feed the chickens. Feed feed the chickens. Yeah. A little bit of a little. There just might be a little Back to the Future, uh, Huey Lewis in the News music about to happen. It's the power of love, guys. The power of love. Power of awkward hugs, you know, made me think of it. I know that Falcon and Bucky have both been Captain America in the comics. I'm just like, Falcon already has wings. Why did he need to be. Like, he has his own thing. I'm excited about that decision, Mm -hmm. personally. But Bucky. Bucky has has a, a, a vibranium arm. That's yeah. really not as cool. I, I think that the way, like, in and the MCU universe, history. Bucky was not ready. Right. Falcon okay. was ready. Right. That makes sense. And to say Bucky was still fighting with his own personal struggles. Exactly. I mean, he seems pretty zen. I mean, <laughs> and I'm excited. I love the way they did that in the movie, by the way. You want to yeah. know who should not be carrying around a hammer? <laughs> what? <laughs> Well, you all said he's fighting his demons. I'm like, yeah. well, if we're going to talk about who should not be carrying around a weaponized... Yeah, right, right. No, I, I, think, I think the way they did that in the movie was very appropriate where where Bucky was like, yes, you're the one that needs to go talk to Steve. Yeah. Right? Like, if you read the, any of the comics, Steve Rogers becomes basically the new Nick Fury. Nice. Right? He is the new leader of S.H.I.E.L.D. Uh, or the leader of the Avengers, at least. Right? Uh, and and mm-hmm. so old Steve Rogers can still play a part in these new movies, so I, I'd be really Why excited to see Chris Evans be the the old Steve Rogers for years to come. <laughs> that would be fun. He's to see. not done. I I, I honestly still... don't think he's done. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot of CGI. Mm-hmm. Well, they got that new fancy fancy app that people are using now to turn themselves into old people. So. Oh, I yeah. would admit that and I did over. it, and it was hilarious because I looked exactly like my dad. Yeah, but Colby's <laughs> going to tell us why that was a bad idea. I saw you posted that article yeah. talking about the Russians. Right, right. Taking the persona of not doing popular things. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't watch the popular TV shows. I don't do the popular apps. Just no. Just say no. Um. Just real quick, that there 
there was the rare kind of ridiculous thing I thought said in the movie that's like, okay, this is not, this is some Moana theology going on. Um, did you say, did Moana, you say Chumbawamba? No. <laughs> we'll come to that next podcast. Because <laughs> uh, in Moana, there's the whole thing of you have to listen to the voice inside you. It's who you are. And it's like, well, what if it's telling you to rob a yeah, bank? What you know? if it's like, the devil? <laughs> right, right. Like, there has to be some, there has to be some standard Exorcism by which, of Emily Rose. <laughs> yeah. There has to be some standard Meets by which to judge the voice you hear that is not you there has to be a standard beyond you and thor's mother says Friga, to him, yeah. yeah which i mean it was it was lovely seeing her again couldn't, couldn't bring um, her back to the timeline no don't save your mom so all i was gonna say is thor's mom says um to thor he says something like I'm, i haven't been who i'm supposed to be and she says everyone fails at being who they're supposed mm. to be mm. the measure of a hero is how well they're who they are mm. and and there's some truth there but just how well they're who they are are present tense so like like how well i'm being everything is doing a great job of being what it is right now everything like a broken table is doing a great job of being what it is right now which is a broken table you know and just kind of like there's there's something there like what they were saying was very close to something true like that we should strive to be the best version of ourselves you know Mm -hmm. um but to me just when i heard it i was like this feels like sort of this thing of like you're perfect just the way you are kind of thing and whereas god tells us like you know i love you just as you are but too much to, to leave you like that you know that that no thor is called as like there's a call inside of him as a human to be greater to be to be better <laughs> to to always grow and to always do more and do better and that's not a bad thing you know necessarily and at the, but at the same that kind of thing of like that so many things so many entities come so close to like the truth of something yeah. you know and just barely yeah. <laughs> miss the mark and become it's, it's, heresy and mm-hmm. right yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right right but it's like no like you we're all gonna fall short of who we're supposed to be quote unquote you know but like we shouldn't just strive to be what we are currently because we already are that so no striving necessary <laughs> but you know that we should strive to be the best version of yeah. ourselves like he he is a broken man and yet comes to realize his own worthiness in the eyes of Mjolnir uh-huh. the lord yeah <laughs> um in, in a sense like right? the manifestation like, of like man- grace and, almost in and, and and the, the, and the, the queen the, movie, the queen mother don't uh-huh. forget the queen the yeah. queen mother and then at the end of the movie when he he's like you know the time has come like i know my worth i have my my mjolnir and i have my axe and a braided beard and a braided braid. <laughs> right like man like, the, 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 the recognition braided of by knowing lightning. who you are in christ right like knowing your power your strength your glory in christ like when you are are, are fully alive like that that like I, I think the the representation of Thor in this movie is one of the most epic and Christianized representations of us as individuals that has ever been portrayed in cinematic universe. It's a very human like like he wasn't as much of necessarily a messianic character, yeah. but more of like very a representation broken. of who we are mm-hmm. as as creation. And you know And when the opportunity arose he stepped up and, and answered the call. Yeah. Amen. Well, that sounds like a good way to wrap us up. 
<laughs> so Why can we always end our podcast with this music? <laughs> that would make me really happy. So thank you for nerding out with us, the Catholic nerds, Scott Smith. We already forgot. Colby. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we lost him again. Colby. Hey, I'm here. Okay, say your name. Colby. <laughs> Mary. I've been Cody. <laughs> Please do subscribe to this podcast and share it with all your friends, Catholic or not, Marvel or DC. And remember, parents, don't forget to lock up your pen particles and infinity stones. <laughs> Good night. Peace out. We did it. Beautiful, beautiful. I still have some notes. <laughs> <laughs>